Welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast. Let's get our Tuesday, June 29th underway together. Thanks for stopping by here as we count down June, and we are going to roll into July on Thursday. Not a whole lot going on in the sky today, and I've got a great listener question, and we're going to have some fun with some new resources today about the moon. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. But there is one interesting aspect that I think is of note. It's a T-square. So that's where you have two planets opposite each other, and then the other one is at 90 degrees. And by the way, since we've got a little bit of time to remind ourselves of this, I was talking to somebody the other day about just the miracle of astrology. From this standpoint, uh, the astrology that we follow, tropical Western Zodiac astrology, is what's called geocentric. Or in other words, the Earth is the center of the orbit, right? So that's why the sun shows up on our chart, because we follow it around the Earth. Now, we know in time and space that that's not the way it is, but from our perspective, that's the way the chart is because we see it come up over here every day and we see it go down over there every day, and that's how we map it. It's orbiting, if you will, the Earth. But you know that all of the planets, the moon and the sun, so the 10 bodies that we have, the 10 primary bodies that we have on our astrological chart, all align on the same line going around the Earth. It's called the ecliptic line. You can search it up on Google, and that would be the best thing. I'll leave you there to do more research on the ecliptic. But that's the line that all the planets follow. So when we talk about opposition, we're talking about one planet that's, let's say, at 12 o'clock and another that's 6 o'clock in their position around the planet. When we say square, well, we've got one up at 12 o'clock and one over at 3 o'clock along that ecliptic line. So if you looked at a chart of today, you would see just a ton of aspects in here. I mean, we could we could spend 20 minutes just picking the aspects apart today because a lot of the planets, how they're laid out now, and remember we talked about this back in April and May when everything was all clumped up and I said that things were going to spread out in the summer. Well, they're starting to spread out, and that's why we're getting more of these geometric shapes around the chart. So it all is geometry. And this was one of the coolest things. When I started to change my life, which is the changes that are documented over in the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast, I heard a quote from Bob Proctor that just resonated with me from my fundamental religious background. That He said that Warner Von Braun, who was one of the early architects of our Apollo space program, the moonshot in 1960s, which I remember clearly, said that because of physics, they were able to, in essence, fly a rocket to the moon, land it there, bring it back, drop it in the ocean next to a ship in the fraction of a second. Physical laws of the universe. Physics. And that's what the space program was built on, physics. And it just made sense to me as I was searching for new ways of doing things and new ways of seeing the world spiritually, that it didn't make sense to me that the spiritual world was a random world. In other words, lobbing prayers up into the heavens and hope they get answered. I just thought, you know what? 
God would not create a physical world that was so precise that Werner von Braun can figure it out and lock onto it mathematically and drop a capsule of a rocket that had been up in space flying to the moon, drop it right next to an aircraft carrier in the Pacific Ocean, that that's that precise. Well, the universe answered, and I learned about astrology because the physics of Werner von Braun's space program is represented spiritually through geometry. So physics in the physical world, geometry runs the spiritual world. Well, that's an aside, but that's just a really cool deal. Now, what we have here in this T-square is Uranus at the top of it. So Uranus is our focal planet. So we're talking about jack-in-the-box surprises. And remember that Uranus is in Taurus. So we've always got our eye on the financial scene this year, which, of course, in the U.S. markets has just been up and up and up. But we are in this T-square now with Saturn on one side and Mars on the other. That's this aspect that we mentioned yesterday that's coming up on Thursday will be exact. But Saturn and Mars are getting ready to be opposite each other. And now we've got a T-square with both of those up to Uranus. Just says, watch out. You know, do you kind of get that feeling that something's brewing Yeah, well, that kind of parlays today's listener's question, too. Hi, Thomas. Love the podcast. Listen to it every morning. I just found out that we're going to have a double full moon in Aquarius this year. What type of energy can we expect from that? Well, great question. And I did something kind of fun. I went back and looked at all the new moons and all the full moons this year. He's exactly right. Aquarius, July 23rd. One degree Aquarius and August 22nd, 29 degrees Aquarius. So, yes, we clip two Aquarian full moons this year. Now, here was this kind of funny, uh, kind of fun. I did this. Here are how the new moons rolled since January. Here are the 12 new moon signs since January. The new moon began 2021 in Capricorn. (laughs) Go figure. All right. So Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, zodiacal order here, right? Taurus, Gemini, one of the eclipses we just had, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius for our last eclipse. Those are the new moons of 2021. Here are the full moons. Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, the eclipse we just had, Capricorn, the full moon we just had last week, Aquarius, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, eclipse, Gemini. Aquarius full moon. So I did a search. There was a news story that popped up on my feed yesterday, and I thought, ah, this is it. This is the answer. This past Saturday, the 26th of June, in London, Palestine, Paris, New York City, in two different locations, in India, near New Delhi, a big march, farmers upset about their future, in Gatwick, people protesting the sanctity and the purity of their groundwater, and in Peru about elections. Those locations, just last Saturday, protests that I could find from a fairly quick news search of people advocating various causes. And we're not even there yet. So you can imagine what this is bringing in is this, there's going to be the conflict. It's the same conflict we've talked about as 
Look, Aquarius is going to be the theme builder of the next generation. We are going to have an Aquarian stamp on this planet between now and 2045. Why? Because right now, Saturn is moving through. Jupiter is coming back in retrograde and will be there until the end of December. Pluto moves in for good in 2024, but it dances in there in 2023. And Pluto takes 20 years to go through a sign. So we're going to be with Aquarius for a while. And we've talked about the two dynamics of Aquarius. One is tension, like this, protesting for one's rights. And the other is, the flip side, authoritarianism. The very things being protested against. So I do think we are going to see a tension between more restriction or an attempt for more restriction and people fighting for their rights and for their freedom. Actually, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm just feeling into this right at the moment as I'm recording this. I have a couple of books that I want to give you, but let's roll that into tomorrow. Would you come back and visit with me tomorrow? I have a lunar journal that I want to recommend to you, and I have an astrological almanac that's really cool and is a great resource too. So I'll mention those tomorrow. What I'm going to do is a part B today for those of you who want to listen in. When I was growing up, Walter Cronkite was the anchor of the CBS Evening News, and he was the news. I mean, there wasn't, there weren't, you had to get up to go change the channel to one of the three. Well, there were four, PBS. You had to change it yourself. You had to get up and walk across the room. Forget about a remote control. Well, Walter just stayed there because everybody left it on Walter. He retired and was given a Lifetime Achievement Award by a, an organization, and Walter Walter told what his true perspective in, um, of life and, and his submission was, submission, of a globalist, world-dominated rule of law, basically. And in this speech, it's the only one available, Walter Cronkite paints that picture. So I'm going to play the audio from that in a, an extended version of this, just kind of a part two. We will play the audio of Walter Cronkite's acceptance speech at the World Federalist Association. This is on YouTube. I mean, it's all over. I mean, you can find it. But I just think if you want to know what the tension of an Aquarian-dominated world will be, well, let's go back a prior generation and let the anchorman of the day give us the perspective as he saw it at the time. It is very Aquarian double full moon oriented. You want an answer? I'm going to give you the answer. All right. But that'll be a special. Only listen to it if you want to. And we will see you back here tomorrow. So <laughs> kind of a different little way to wrap it up today, but I just was feeling into this. It's like, okay, you want Aquarian? I'm going to give you Aquarian from Walter Cronkite coming up. <laughs>